0: Welcome to the LTG Live podcast, a podcast focused on the topics and issues most relevant to leadership in youth ministry. We hope you end this episode feeling equipped and inspired to take your leadership to the next level.
1: Welcome to LTG Live. My name is Aaron Holtz. I'm the director of Lead Generation, and I got a brand new co-host with me today. What's up, my boy Reggie? How are you? What
2: is going on, Aaron? Thanks so much for having me on today, man, with you. Oh man, we're glad to have you. Thanks for filling in for Peter. And yeah, uh, I am mate, not Peter. Mate, you look, are not Peter. Thinking, <laughs> you know, he didn't get three shades, 15 shades lighter. <laughs> uh, yes, man. Um, you
1: know, well, you know the good news, but for those of you that are watching, yeah. uh, Peter and Joanna had their baby. Uh, this the Woo! Congratulations, Peter. I know you're watching right I now. I saw watching. you jump on. Yeah. The, yeah jump on. So. Yeah, congratulations, Peter and Jan! Was so excited for you guys, and uh, the the miracle child has arrived, right? It's so here. this is a this is a big moment, and so we're so excited. But hey, if you're new to uh, LTG Live, we want to welcome you in the chat right now. So why don't you do us a favor and just put in there who you are, where you're watching from? Uh, we'd love for you to be not just watching, but be a part of. Yeah uh what's happening today this is going to be a great topic reggie and i know you're excited about it i am as well big and time. uh yeah so for those of you that are watching welcome to ltg live we're glad you're here on facebook today if you're listening later on you can do that on our podcast you can also do that on our youtube channel reggie are you are you a big podcaster you love you love podcasting
2: i, I am a podcaster i love listening to podcasts it's a good driving for me like i'm not yeah. much of a like I'm either listening to sports radio or I'm listening to podcasts in the car. So it's, that that's podcasts do it for me, man. On big yeah, drives, especially.
1: And there's not much on sports radio to listen to right now, other than Nothing. sports broadcasters talking about politics. So it's it's like, <laughs> <Exactly. yeah. laughs> it's just, yeah, no thanks. I'm good. No, I'm, I'm good. good. <laughs> I'm good. But uh, and I I can see in the background there. Obviously, you're a big NBA fan, Kobe Bryant. Yeah, uh, in, you know, in the the honor, goat, right? My yeah. favorite. I, I, oh well, you you answered my next question already that Peter and I always fight about. So okay.
2: Yeah, Kobe. <laughs> Kobe lebron over here somewhere it's not even in the <laughs> conversation no okay i know i know kobe bright may is probably not considered the goat but he's my favorite player of all time and this is my wall so i get to put on whoever's jersey back there i want to so uh, that's, that's
1: that's your wall you get to do it you get i to love it. it yeah he's are, my are you uh are you excited for the uh the nba the bubble are you excited I, for it to come back? <laughs> Listen, I'm
2: excited for anybody. I don't care if it's backyard basketball at this point. I'm like, I'll go watch middle school basketball, okay? I just want to be able to sit down and watch something. So uh, I don't believe you.
1: I, no one no one wants to watch middle school basketball unless you're a parent of one of the kids. And Absolutely. that is the only it's the only one watching middle school We've basketball. You've been
2: deprived of basketball, professional <laughs> basketball for too long. So yeah, yeah. what's Absolutely. up, DJanae? Holly, Michigan out here.
1: Well, bunch of you are logging on. We're excited you're here. Do us a favor if you are not connected with the Lead the Generation tribe, our family. Uh, you can do that by going to our Facebook page. You can like and you can follow us there. Um, and there's always new information there. You can also uh, find us on our Instagram at Ltg Conference, and um, definitely ways you can connect with us. And uh, if you if you like what's happening on a weekly basis with Ltg Live. Uh, Not only uh, would we invite you to like today's show, but go ahead and share it because that'll help us spread the word. Um, Reggie, you and I have both been in youth ministry for quite a long time. I a little longer than you. Um just a just a little bit. Just, just a, a little touch little and then that shows that absolutely shows. Um, this is either youth ministry or middle school basketball, one of the two. I'm not sure. <laughs> you're the coach. That's the, the coach. I did, I did, I coached, I coached for years. <laughs> I coached I coached really bad small Christian school basketball teams. Oh, that's my, that's my that's exactly team. That's that's my coaching That's <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um and uh, But this, this is a great topic, um, because I, I know, and I'll, I'll share more uh, after we introduce our guest here, but I, I know that as a youth pastor, I often felt uh, a struggle. I often felt unsure, insecure on this topic of teaching. And preaching on the Holy Spirit in yeah. student ministry yeah. as as well as how to function well in those prayer and altar moments mm. um, when when you're trying to create that opportunity mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. students to receive the Holy Spirit. And so, I don't know if you share in any of those sentiments as uh, in, in your experience with youth ministry, but I'm I'm excited on this topic uh, today. It's going to be a good topic.
2: Yeah, it, it's going to be a phenomenal topic. I know for me as a youth pastor, you're always like, I don't want to over-spiritualize this or I don't want to not talk about it. I think we have a tendency for things we don't fully understand to just not to avoid it a little bit in youth yeah, ministry. Just, yeah, yeah. just, hey, you'll learn about that in, in, in big church, right? As we call it, big church. Yeah. We'll so, let,
1: you'll you'll figure that out at camp this summer we'll exactly we'll let the, we'll we'll, let the
2: camp evangelist you know do that you know and, we'll, we'll we'll subjugate it to that one day at camp you know yeah
1: and that's and i think i think that is a tendency in youth ministry mm-hmm. and that and neither of us are throwing shade at at, at camp no, ministry because no, no, that's no. incredible um but just that it's it, it can be a little too easy i'll say okay. as a youth pastor to a, a, avoid this topic and allow someone else to to take it um rather right. than say boy i'm I'm the shepherd here, and so I really, you know, I'm excited to, yeah. to teach my young people on this. So uh, I'm excited today. Uh, we're going to talk students in the Holy Spirit with Tim Enlow. Tim, we are so glad that you are here and that you're joining us. Thank Appreciate you. Appreciate you being a part today. So for those of you that uh, don't know Tim, uh, Tim uh, has been a full-time evangelist for over two decades now, over 25-plus 20, years, right? Uh, sorry, not making it, not trying to make you sound old there, Tim. But <laughs> Thanks a lot. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, and you've ministered um uh in a lot of different settings but God has definitely gifted you uh to minister on this topic of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um you've written multiple books on this topic. I got one of them right here. Uh this is uh, I think one of your more recent ones. Goodbye Chicken, Hello Dove. Um and uh it's a great great title by the <laughs> it's way. A great title. Um and a couple other books that we'll reference throughout today's uh show uh, on this topic. Um and and Tim, you and I go way back. Uh, I was at a PK retreat, as a student pastors' kid retreat. Um, I do Reggie, I want to make sure you understood what a PK retreat was. Oh, 100 you know, percent. Uh, I know. Okay. PK. Good. good. Yeah, yeah. Promise keeper. Um. Yeah. Promise <laughs> keeper. Uh. Or AKA weird kids that are almost like homeschoolers. Okay. Um. So. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <And> <laughs> no I'll
1: shade to the homeschoolers. No shade.
2: The homeschoolers. <laughs> no the No
1: shade, you No, shade, to no watch. Um. And uh, And and for some reason, Tim, you you you. You gifted me your velvet Elvis picture. I, I know that you remember this moment. We've talked I about do. it many times. I yes. I, my, one of my biggest regrets currently is that I'm not able to hold it up right now and just, and just show that I still have and, it. So, so.
0: this is tell the truth, I purchased that, uh, velvet Elvis painting when I was 18 years old at a Sitgo gas station <laughs> and it was it was $15. That was a lot of money. Whoa.
1: That was a and lot of money back then. I
0: purchased it because it was Fat Elvis with the big foam windscreen microphone and the big Hawaiian lei and the drops of perspiration coming down. And uh you know,
1: <laughs> so good. my wife
0: asked me when we got married. She's like, "It's either me or Elvis." And right after that, I think I did and that. So then
1: you, then you gave it to me. <laughs> so, yeah, and she
0: goes, "You need to get rid of that this weekend." And it's either me or Elvis. So, so I okay. kept her.
1: Okay, you g- good. Good choice. Yeah. Good and choice. And I'm glad it didn't Absolutely. come
0: between your marriage. But I'm wondering what kind of wreckage it's it's wreaking right now on others' marriage.
1: It's been gone <laughs> for a while, so I don't. Mm. I can't remember exactly what I did with it, but. uh um, like keeps on I, giving. I share it's that nice story, day. Tim, because, um, because one, one, it's funny, but it was one of our first encounters. You and I had another encounter years later. I had just graduated from Bible college. I was just starting to do full-time evangelistic ministry. Only did that at that season of my life for a couple of years before I went into full-time youth ministry. And uh, you challenged me in a conversation um, to preach about the baptism of the Holy Spirit to students when I was preaching at camps, to preach about it without talking about tongues in the sermon Mm. so that students didn't have uh, a false experience around altars. That They just say, God, let me speak in tongues. Let me speak in tongues. Let me speak in tongues Mm -hmm. rather than seeking Jesus, the giver of the gift. I'm sure we'll unpack a lot of those things um, as we're talking today. But so you've had a a tremendous impact on uh, my life, and our ministry and on the decor of our home as well, at least. Well, the short short season, so. <laughs> um, so we're excited that you're here, Tim, you have a lot of experience to offer. Um, you also, for those of you that don't know, are the, uh, the national evangelist representative for the assemblies of God. And um, so we just appreciate your leadership in our movement. For those of you that are assemblies, if you're not, that's okay. We're glad you with us today, LTG live, yeah. and we're yeah. talking students and the Holy spirit. So, um, Tim, let me just kind of uh, set you up with this is a real broad first question. And again, for those of you that are watching, we're talking, you know, baptism of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit in students. Um, and this is definitely one of our our, our LTG lives that you're going to want to ask questions. You're going to want to post your thoughts and your questions in here um, because uh, this is going to be a great opportunity for us to, to talk uh, with Tim and get some good practical coaching experience. But um, Tim, let me just start you off with this first question. What are What are some some best practices for
0: teaching on the Holy spirit in youth ministry? Well, great question. Um, I think the two main things that you want to stress is you want to be as spooky and manipulative as possible. <laughs> Those are the two most important things. Just because, straight, you know. Yeah, that's yes. right. Yes. So I often joke about, um, about youth camps. I mean, um, and I love youth camps. so don't get me wrong, but, I find that spirit baptism is done best when done in greater context, rather than you're doing, you know, night one of youth camp is get saved. Night two, stop sleeping with your boyfriend or girlfriend night three, (laughs) you come in and the lights are dimmed. And by two nights in three nights in, everybody's sleep deprived, malnourished, and hormones are raging. And, you know, and they come in, the lights are dim. Worship is spooky. Fog machines are on. And, You know, and then they had this sweaty mosh pit, inappropriate, (laughs) hugging, altar service. And then everybody leaves and night four is go win your world, see you next year or whatever it is, or night five, depending on how the night, but, but it's done typically out of context. And again, I don't, I'm not. Uh, casting shade on how, you know, how we do things in that way, because there's, it's difficult to get packed so much in. But what I found is if you view spirit baptism, to me, the most important part of best practices is viewing spirit baptism as a component of discipleship, Mm. rather than some exotic thing that, uh, that you do out of obligation every once in a while, hey, we got to check boxes. So let's get everybody up here and Put the chloroform rag of the Holy Spirit over their mouth and then we can you know, <laughs> check their box. But but instead, to view it as a discipleship. So this raises a great question. Biblically speaking, and the book of Acts is our only actual narrative model of how the people who walked firsthand with Jesus discipled others. Um, if spirit baptism is not currently a component in your discipleship program and rotations and things like that, then... You know, it's a, a harsh statement, but I challenge you to defend your discipleship process as being biblical. Wow. Um, it, so it needs it needs to be put in there some way. And if you put it in as some weird, you know, Taco Tuesday, you know, speaking in Tongue Thursday or whatever it is, kind of an event. Yeah. Um, and, hey, you know, this one's optional. And this one is only for the people that have sent to the 11th order of the Jedi or whatever the rest of you, you know, and you kind of posture it as this exotic thing. Mm-hmm. Um, then it doesn't mean its, its, its required uh, place in discipleship because spirit baptism is not the Holy Spirit coming to live inside of you. Um, as is often mistaught, the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us at the moment of salvation. Spirit baptism is an additional anointing of ministry power that we all need if we want to fulfill the will of God for our lives. And so it's universal in promise, it's universal in reception, and uh, and letting students know, hey, God has more power for you so you can do the things that you feel in your heart God wants you to do uh, rather than, hey, come up here. We'll dim the lights and and we'll, you know, uh, anoint you with non-essential oils until you speak in tongues, you know, kind of a thing. <laughs> it's just it's yeah, a, it's a thing framing spirit yeah. baptism as an essential part of our discipleship process, as the book of yeah. Acts shows. You know, yeah. you want some scripture on that. Um, anytime the disciples were around new converts and we have any narrative on it, that's what they mm-hmm. did. They got them baptized in water and baptized in the Holy Spirit. And sometimes in reverse order, sometimes the new converts were baptized in the Holy Spirit before they were baptized in water. Right. Um, Right. And often with very little instruction, Um, not to say that it's instruction would be ideal, because I believe it is. But but to say, you know, people don't need to know a lot before. They just need to be open to God's power and the Lord will come and help them. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I love it. I love this comment here. Um this is from uh, Keegan Myers uh Tim and Reggie. You can feel free to unpack this a mm-hmm. little bit too. You know, but you know it just kind of fits the context of mm-hmm. our conversation right here. I believe that with camp ministry it being something that is expected, the kids come ready for a conversation of the Holy Spirit in daily or weekly youth ministry, we could teach kids how to maintain that spirituality, right. and I think that Excellent. that's a lot of all of a lot of what you're saying, you know, Tim, is is that is that this needs to be a part of our ongoing mm-hmm. week in week out discipleship strategy um, versus relegated to specific one or two moments a year, whether it's right. a camp thing or whether it's a missions trip experience or a weekend retreat. Now, I'll be transparent, I'll, Reggie, I'll I'll come to you, you know, um, yeah. from a youth pastor perspective. I feel like I often struggled. <coughs> as a youth pastor to make teaching on the Holy spirit and, and creating experiences for Mm baptism, Holy spirit to be something that happened on a regular basis. I think I probably, probably one of my weaknesses as a youth pastor was that I, I, that was a camp thing. That was a mission strip thing. Mm -hmm. That was a back to school retreat thing. Um,
2: Definitely.
1: Let me throw it to you for a second, Reggie. Uh, how has that been for you as a youth pastor? You know, set, setting you up to either say, "Yeah, I'm terrible at this too," or, yeah, or no. we actually handled it in a little bit of a healthier
2: way." Well, well, I think I think that's the that was that's been the mold for youth ministry for so many years is you know, to to subjugate like we said earlier uh, those those experiences for the maybe for the the evangelists like attend to come in and speak on it. Or, or for the evangelists at a camp, and, and I think we've been caught up, I think, for a long time in youth ministry and ministry in general, talking about environment, right? We want to create the right environment for students to experience the Holy Spirit. And I'm all about environment. I'm an environmental guy. I, I, you know, I like, like as Tim said, I like the lights, a certain temperature, you know, and, and things like that. But I think we, we, we overestimate, we underestimate the power of the Holy Spirit to transcend those things in different seren- scenarios where we could be. um, getting students empowered with the Holy Spirit beyond those things of like, oh, well, we don't have the right lights, or the room is not right, or or they've got their cell phones out and things like that. And I think that's the, that I think for us has been the, the goal with camp is that, oh, they're disconnected from everything else. And so they have the power to really dive in and to, to jump into Jesus Christ, which is true, but how then can we, we have to ask the question, how then can we create our Wednesday night experiences or whatever night you meet, our, our regularly weekly experiences for them to encounter it, not just in our services, but in their homes? Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's so good. So there's a great question here in the comment, Tim. Um, uh, how do you begin to build a healthy culture mm. that facilitates your youth students engaging and experiencing the Holy Spirit? So that that's that's great. Let's, let's yeah, go fantastic. there for a second because that's really kind of what you were setting us up with in your first yeah you know well, answer there
0: culture is the key word here um so we live in in, in a time particular with media where people are oversaturated in the five senses mm. and so mm. spirit baptism does not come through the five senses uh, it comes through the spirit so what we have to do is we have to make room just like you would plan um your worship set that you'd go, oh, we need to set the, the thermostat to sixty-eight. We need to make the lights sit, you know, ah, oh, we like forty-one hundred k, you know, whatever, whatever mm-hmm. your all the things that we set. We need to have greeters. We got to have sugar. We got to have Red Bull, you know, because Red Bull and an altar service, <laughs> Day of Pentecost gives um, you wings. Yeah, that's right. The Bible says, and uh, like eagles. Yeah, Holy I have Holy Spirit, the dove. The dove. Yeah, wings, are, wings of the dove. I have an evangelist friend, and uh, this is not my quote, so give him the problem for it. But he calls Red Bull Holy Ghost in a can. So <laughs> that's so terrible. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) um but uh but uh, yeah so just like we would set up the sensory environment we need to be even more perceptive of the spiritual environment because at the end of the day we're Mm. not called to be producers we're called to be spiritual leaders we're leading people spiritually we're not leading them sensorily and the senses are fine but it's just secondary that's why i struggle when we go to churches and that their chief value is excellence rather than spirituality so there, like I, I wonder sometimes what is it that makes a leader sit at the end of the service in their chair and go, that was a great service. What are the criteria you're looking for? If it's everything ran smoothly with no glitches, then maybe you should be a producer and not a not a minister, because that's that's not the chief. I'm I don't, I don't advocate hokiness, but um, I, I love it sometimes when we're in churches that are super excellence focused, um, and there's not a lot of humanity uh, involved in it, I just pray, like, I hope I fall off the platform or my fly is down or my hair falls off or something like that. And so, uh, so it's just kind of, kind of one of those things. And is it a hairpiece? I can't, you'll never know, you know, know. um, (laughs) maybe on a windy day, but, uh, but so, yeah, so culture is the key word. Excellent question. And so this has to be modeled in a normal context for, here's a little example. Um, so, no matter, say you're on your obligatory February dating series, you know, and let's just call it "I Kiss Dating Goodbye." And so you're you're in your obligatory February dating contact. Uh, random, just random. just, ran-
1: you just made that up out I'm of nowhere. Ahead, brand new idea. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to yeah, write I'll a book on that. Yeah.
0: And um, and so, uh, so you're in the middle of the series. Just because you're preaching on that doesn't mean you stop your other discipleship processes, right? So why not have a, you know, the prayer time, which, you know, um, again, a a book of Acts uh, mandate is that believers meetings have prayer time. That's not a leader priestly led prayer. That's all the believers lifting their voices together in some way. Mm -hmm. Uh, Can you say that your that your church service, whatever it looks like, is actually biblically certified until you pray, you know, Mm -hmm. so. So and and what's gonna disciple people, what's gonna draw them close, and what is going to develop their supra sensory antenna is by praying, which right. is always uncomfortable right. and all, that's why as a leader you lead it, you know? But yeah. um but so during those prayer times, go, hey, I know we're talking about this, but there are some of you that are really need extra power in your life. And over in the side room here, we've got five of our youth sponsors and they'd love to pray with you to receive more power. You know, growing up, I and so I'm old, I'm almost 50, but I, I grew up um, in that old. Yeah, um, <laughs> I grew up in the, my childhood was in the 70s at uh, Harrisburg First Assembly of God Harrisburg PA and I know it's a different era and everything but our pastor no matter what he preached on and this really impacted me would always say oh okay so we're preaching on the second coming whatever great but by the way if you want to experience the holy spirit the prayer rooms right over there we always have people there so we just always had people baptized in the holy spirit yeah and then he always gave explanation um you know if something happened that you think in your brain a newcomer would go what in the world is that Then as a leader, you just take 30 seconds and go, hey, by the way, if you have questions, the Bible talks about this here. And and afterwards we have, you know, I'd love to talk with you or others. So what you're doing is you're just taking those segues. And then another way to build culture is um, biography and autobiography. Um, I did a test with churches about 10 years ago on this um, and asked them before we would come and do our Holy Spirit conference at the church to um, take four or five weeks and record four or five video testimonies of people being baptized in the Holy spirit of every age group from granny to, you know, maybe not John the Baptist prenatal, but uh, you know, kind of a thing, but, but record recording those uh, recording those things and then editing them down. So they could be played in a minute and a half or so over um, the offertory for that week for five Mm -hmm. weeks in a row. And most, the, most of the respondents, I think 12 churches did it and all but two had people starting getting baptized in the Holy spirit in their homes with no preaching on it whatsoever by the third week because it raised the hunger temperature. Now, not only is a a pure hunger temperature strong on that, but also as a leader, a dumb comment, like, or subtle comment, like, you know, Hey, the other day I was praying in the spirit and, you know, I don't know, you know, if you've experienced that. yet, But that's really an important part in my life. Just a comment like that occasionally um, makes kids go, Oh, because they're following you as a leader. Have you ever, as a leader, have you ever let the kids know the difference? Spirit baptism has made in your life, and then, then the final part of developing content or developing culture on that is living it out and modeling it. So, so kind of historically in Pentecostalism and and charismatic movements, uh, we're really good at getting people to the point where they can find the prompting and speak in tongues, whatever, that's fine. But we really stink at telling them what to do with it afterwards. So the context ends at the moment of reception when really that's just the gateway. I mean, if anything, you don't need any, I mean, little there, you need a lot afterwards. Right. So we need to get small groups of our kids together and go, Hey, let's, Let's learn how to hear the Holy spirit's voice at school. You know, let's learn how to discern what that is. Let's, you know, what does those promptings feel like? Do you sense the Lord's presence when you get those promptings? Have you been praying or, you know, or was it, you know, were you, did you get that vision because you stayed up too late at a can of black olives and watched, you know uh, uh, what's the movie? Uh, oh, shoot. The guy just had the big vision on it. Uh, Red Dawn. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, so, you know, trying to give them context on sorting out their understanding and their senses from the leadings and promptings of the Holy Spirit. And so, so that to me, developing the culture has more to do with framing before spirit baptism and after spirit baptism than it actually does the event of receiving.
2: Wow. Wow, that's really
0: good.
1: So good. So good. Hey, listen, if you're just joining us, uh, we're talking students and the Holy Spirit with Tim Enlow. And uh, we got a bunch of you that are putting questions in the comments. Uh, We're going to get to those in a moment. Some really good questions there. And I'm really coming today with Tim to just do some practical coaching uh, for pastors and for youth pastors in particular uh, in in teaching the baptism of the Holy Spirit and about the Holy Spirit um, to students. I think, uh, Tim, for a lot of us, and I, when I say a lot of us, I'm, I'm more specifically referring to youth pastors that are, are watching right now or are listening on the podcast uh, after the fact. A lot of us in youth ministry, um, and I'm speaking really from my own experiences now, but I know that this is true across the board, we've had an experience um, that wasn't very good. You know, we uh, whether it was uh, at the hands of a, a camp evangelist or or maybe when we were a student or whether when we brought students to it and, and you know, and we had kind of one of these experiences where we felt like there were some things that happened. Like you said, when, when we asked you the question, what are some practical tips? You say be spooky and manipulative. And we mm-hmm. laugh about it. But some of us are like, but that's exactly what happened. <laughs> right. So so talk to the youth pastor who's had some bad experiences during youth pastor uh, during altar calls, focus on the baptism of the Holy spirit. Um, and then right on the heels of that, you know, coach us through some do's and don'ts when it comes right. to prayer and altar times, because I think a lot of youth pastors, it's this, this, this issue is probably not um an issue of, I'm not sure theologically where I stand. Right. It's, it's an issue more of I'm insecure and and, and unsure of my leadership and how to do this. And I don't want to recreate some of the bad experiences that I've seen or had.
2: Right, right.
0: Right. Yeah, and I think it's important to remember as a leader, um, just kind of a premise, I teach this in our altar worker training stuff. um, Our goal as a leader is not to introduce barriers. It is to remove them. Mm -hmm. And so understanding that changes the way you pray. So let me ask you guys a theological question that maybe even steps, two steps back from the question and answers that plus several other questions. Right. Is spirit baptism an event or a process? The way you answer that question determines your view of the subject, your view of the context, how you treat people, what you're looking for. So is spirit baptism an event or a process? Now your papers will be revoked if you answer incorrectly. So please, <laughs>
2: I think it's a both and. I think it's a both and a little bit. You know, uh, Aaron. I uh, we talk about sanctification is. Yeah, I feel, I,
1: I feel. like the safe answer is is a Reggie's answer. It's it's a bo- it's a both end, right? Hey, um, I'm running for president re- 20- Uh <laughs> okay, um,
0: Well, but but I, you are I, a winner. <laughs> and, uh, I and Aaron and uh, Reggie I want to give you my new book How to Kick the Devil Out of Your Life <laughs> um, as a gift okay so that's my classic uh, tilton okay. for you okay hey
1: Tim, Tim Tim for those that are are listening to us laugh on a podcast and have no idea what you just held up just you got to you, gotta, do, you don't have they? to describe okay (laughs) you gotta watch you gotta watch it you gotta gotta watch it you gotta watch it if you're if you're on the podcast right now go back and watch it on youtube or facebook sorry i'm a collector
0: of religious oddities and that was the most absurd book cover i've ever seen in my life Grown man (laughs) kicking okay yeah so uh so okay so here on the lead the generation podcast everyone is a winner (laughs) everyone gets a trophy you're both correct that's the right answer yeah so um most often people without without reflection they view spirit baptism as an, as an event so if you view it as in order for me to check boxes and get click 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 numbers um i need as many people to burp out a syllable in tongues as quickly as possible yeah uh you throw all of your normal pastoral care out the window and uh it's not that way uh, there are aspects of spirit baptism that feel more like an event uh i think the the greater answer is yeah both um the the most significant one is a process um so even if you even if you uh you know like one of my buddies i i dared him to come to church with me when i was a teenager because he was reading the satanic bible across the lunch hall at school and i was like you know this was like mario morillo days if you know who that was and and so i'm like man you've got to come and you got to you know got to uh, got to see my God's more powerful than your, you know, devil or whatever. And so he came to, to church with me. Um, Aaron, you may know this name. Jeff Conant was my youth pastor at CLA in Camp Hill. Yeah. I, vaguely. Yeah. Okay. And so, uh, you know, boom and boom and youth group at the time. And, and so my buddy ends up coming, manifesting demons during this church service on the wow. side, some youth sponsors and Jeff and, and another, and myself and another kid, prayed and cast the demons out of him. And the moment he he's he says, Thank you, God. Thank you. And like two seconds later, I mean he had surrendered his life to Christ. And two seconds later, he starts speaking in tongues. Wow. And I was a long term seeker. I remember going, God, seriously? You know? <laughs> yeah, I yeah, what in the world? Um, but um, but the reason why I bring that up is even in that moment where he didn't have a clue what was happening to him yet. Mm-hmm. Right. There's still process involved. And so and then then also viewing process on the back end. So the moment you speak in tongues, it's not like you go kick your feet up. Got that. Now let's move on to something else like, you know, the the blood moons or other lower GI problems. You know, it's not like you do that. You you you, it's a bigger context, because really, once someone starts praying in the spirit, there's a lot of responsibility that's been thrown on them. Mm Because now all of a sudden they have a prophetic anointing. They can become aware of prophetic prompting from the Holy Spirit in a significant way. They can identify it and they can then uh, go on and, uh, um, and act upon it with boldness. Um, not 100% intellectual certainty, but spiritual confidence, which is very different. We yeah. often use the term boldness, but it's not an intellectual certainty. And yeah. so so this whole thing, th- so now this changes the way I pray with people, because if I'm looking when I'm praying with them, if I'm trying to enable them to always go deeper in the waters of the Holy Spirit, then all of a sudden the phenomena of speaking in tongues, though it's biblically significant as the sign confirming spirit baptism, it. Like, like I liken uh, the sign the phenomena of, of tongue speaking as, you know, so, so uh, Reggie, you're in Grand Rapids. Uh, tongue yeah. speaking is the size of Grand Rapids, but the baptism, of the spirit is the size of Michigan or the U.S. or the galaxy, you right. know, right. so it's, it, yeah, it's a sign and a sign like a road sign. When I pass it, I go, hey, I'm in Grand Rapids now. Mm-hmm. But that mm-hmm. sign doesn't fully represent all the Grand Rapids is, you know. Mm-hmm. Wow. And yeah. so it's just an indicator that I've now crossed into a new territory. Wow. And so we tell by, by the way we deal with people that spirit baptism is just the initial moment that you speak in tongues mm-hmm. and don't tell them that, hey, you got to stay under these waterfalls uh, mm-hmm. because you need to grow. You need to learn. You're, you're, you're just wet now, but you need to you need to get soaked and stay soaked, mm-hmm. you know. And when, now that changes the way I pray with people. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, my deal when standing in front of them is not to beat them in the head until they get a brain bruise and start speaking mm-hmm. in tongues. But I'm the same level of pastoral care and attention and love and compassion that I have for any other issue. And my job job is just to get them as nearer to Jesus in this process. And I mm-hmm. found the moment you find someone you're praying for who is praying for for spirit baptism, go. Ah. They're like two seconds away from praying in the spirit you know. Yeah. And so um you know I I watch several things um uh I try not to create a overstimulated environment and I get I get people giving me grief on this all the time because the normal context is Holy Spirit night is loud, raucous, you know, like overly uh physical advantage with people not in a sexual way obviously, but over physical right. advantage like like if you're praying for someone Um, that had lost their parents or, or something like that, you wouldn't grab them by the face and, you know, you know, all this kind of stuff. Um, You wouldn't do that. And so why would you do that with spirit bat? Why would you take more liberties with people over this most, tender subject you know it just is really absurd and so for example because the prompting that comes from the holy spirit to is pray in the tongues and then initially and then afterwards to be prompted to witness because it's not prompted through the five senses it's prompted through the inner being by the spirit mm. anything i do to elevate a five century experience diminishes that person's ability to sense the prompting Wow, so I you know, wow. a couple of years ago, <laughs> say, that again. Say, that again. say that again. That's well, any, so good. Anything that I do to elevate the five senses experience in those moments diminishes the person's ability to sense the prompting. Wow. So it's very common when you know, we, we're in different churches all the time, and I've tried to be you know, super sensitive and everything to the context we're in, but I, I get catch grief a lot of times from worship pastors of whom I love, um, unless they sing oceans and and uh, the <laughs> but um. The the uh, the idea of this is that that we get people, say it's, it's a typical non-COVID uh, idea where you don't have masks and you can pray for people and mm-hmm. everyone can come forward. Um, in, in a typical altar environment, the idea is bring them forward and have another worship service. No, this is prayer time. And the moment yeah. you sing a song, people stop praying. Exactly. So I give them real right, right, right. real uh, instructions. And if I don't know them, I try to prevaricate it. Hey, I'm you know, sorry, I don't know you, but I just want to tell you, this is what we're looking for and i a lot of times i have to talk to the media and tech people too because at the end they will raise the the playing of the of the band to the same volume level that it was during worship this is a different experience right and so this is interactive in this sense spiritually interactive and the main goal is not to have even excellent music in fact i will tell the band please play a song like don't just chord like you know, an ambulance cord. You know, two, two cords on a pad and make a yanny moment. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just really big. This. But this is the most important moment. This is the delivery yeah. system, and to just arbitrarily go, okay, hey, play. You know, you know, she loves you. Yeah, 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 or whatever. At this moment, isn't going to um, really facilitate this. So I've been careful about the teaching. Why wouldn't I be careful about the altar? Wow. And so. So, um, I I have ahead of time. I always talk with the prayer counselors. Some do's and don'ts. You know, don't grab people if they're if you think they might be under thirty. Ask permission before you lay your hand on their shoulder. Don't lay hands on their head. I've had all these. I've got this dumb gear ring. Um, I love working on cars and it's just kind of something my, my wife got me years ago. And this dumb thing has caught the hair on more oh. hair pieces. I have removed, I have removed a, uh, a uh, hair piece from, from a man whose name was Nunzio one time.
1: And, uh, he and had Nunzio after, hair. Reggie, Reggie, that's why I'm bald. That was, that's the other story with Tim and I, that's why it's, it's, it's,
0: it's, he took it. He took it all off. And I have removed the, uh, the wig of the former surgeon, surgeon general of the United States wife right, and, oh, uh, by accident, so, oh because they do that it, that laid hands and they really want, Oh, give it to me, you know, because it's all about the first, you know? And, um, it's but the so, sense
2: is like you talked about. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. So, so what I do is I try to really protect the altar time. Um, mm-hmm. I just let people know what I'm looking for. And most people in ministry, they'll give you space. And, and I try not to come in like a bull in a China closet, go and do this, do this. But listen, here's what we're looking for. I want an atmosphere Where someone that is hungry, but not sure what they're doing can think, can have as little stimulus as possible, but have volume level enough that they feel enough confidence to speak out loud, but not so much. They can't think. Wow. Um, And so I found when you get the noise down, all of a sudden the whispers of the Holy Spirit come up. And Mm -hmm. so I share with people the biggest deal in spirit baptism is not to work yourself up into a frenzy. The biggest deal is to feel the process you are asking Jesus to anoint you with supernatural power to fulfill his ministry in your life. So your job is to get as close to Jesus as you can. And then when you sense him extend the scepter to you, like, like the King did for Esther, when you sense him going, I'm here and he pours the spirit out upon you, then your job is to stop talking, be quiet and listen.
2: Listen.
0: And most people, especially long-term seekers, if you get them in the presence of the Lord and they start listening without distraction, the prompting is there and they go, Oh, and, and they literally, because most people are waiting for God to make them speak in tongues, which mm. I guess on a rare occasion he could do, but the Bible never says that. The Bible says right. the role of Jesus is to pour out the spirit. The role of the spirit is to give the utterance, the oh, prompting. That's... But the role of the person is to find the prompting, to uh, ascertain that it's indeed God, because there is some feeling in this, and right. then to act upon it. And this is the exact same model. Um, that takes place when you're witnessing to someone. So um, when I was baptized in the spirit, um, the next day I went into a convenience store to buy some bubble gum, story I've told a hundred thousand times. And um, all of a sudden there's someone in the aisle, visibly upset, a a lady. So I'm kind of giving her some space, waiting for her to get away from the bubble gum. And as I'm standing there, I just gently sense the Holy Spirit's presence. Well, Mm. probably 12, 15 hours earlier, I'd been baptized in the spirit and it was not a, you know, pass out, you know, nirvana, out-of-body, you know, drug trip kind of experience for me, it was very aware. In fact, I contend that most often, unless you're in the biblical uh, rare experience of a trance, you're more aware than you want people to know. You know, a lot of Pentecost play games. I have found the Holy Spirit doesn't make me high and dull. The Holy Spirit makes me more aware, more aware of what's around me more aware of the presence and mission of jesus and i didn't understand that yet but as a 12 year old kid i'm standing there and i can tell she's upset and all of a sudden i just gently sense the holy spirit's presence and this is all brand new to me um i didn't know if that was new or not if that was something that came with spirit baptism where you just sense the holy spirit at convenience stores you know i didn't know Mm -hmm. and so i remember while i'm waiting on her i'm just like covering my mouth praying like uh god why do i feel your presence here you know what's going on here nobody Mm -hmm. knew i was praying and I began uh, yeah. to ask God questions, uh, which I think is a very important part of of it's called prayer, you know. And mm-hmm. so, like God, why do I feel your presence here? Um, and I didn't realize that the anointing of the Spirit is always actional, not passive. Like mm-hmm. you don't just feel His presence to affirm you; you feel His presence to activate you, right, to do wow. something. Wow. And That's so, good. as I as I sense His presence, I'm like, you know, God, do you you know, want me to do something. Do you want me to say something. Do you want me to talk to her? And when, when I came to that conclusion, it's like, God was lead, throwing the breadcrumbs out for me. All of a sudden mm-hmm. I felt the Holy spirit stand up with inside of me to the same strength of courage. And I didn't know what to say, but all of a sudden the sentence came to me in English, like it happened the night before in tongues. And it was simply, wow. are you okay? Which doesn't sound really spiritual, but it wasn't what I was thinking, you know? Right. It wasn't me going, Hmm, if I were to say something to an upset lady in an aisle, I guess maybe I could have come up with that, but that wasn't the process that got me to those words. And like the night before I felt the prompting and I had just enough confidence to do it. Not intellectual certainty, but spiritual bravery. Right. I I had just enough. I could have rejected it, but I cleared my throat and I go, "Um, excuse me, are you okay? And she turned around and kind of bit my head off, which really weirded me out because I don't know if you've ever had an encounter where you thought you were following God, but it didn't go so well. That was one of those. So it threw me back into, you know, God, did I get it wrong? Did I not do it right? Or maybe you want me to say something else? Mm -hmm. And when I kind of came to that conclusion, I just kind of waited. And not looking for the five senses, but looking to where I was being aware of the spirits prompting. All of a sudden, the next sentence was there. And I had just enough enough bravery. And I, even though she kind of rejected me, I said the second one to her. And her response was much nicer. And within a couple of moments, I was praying with her to receive Christ in front of the Hubba, you know. And that was the first, as a 12-year-old kid, the first of 27 people I led to the Lord in the first two months of being baptized in the Spirit. Wow. Um, not because I'm some great soul winner, but because this is what this is for. We don't get baptized right. in the Holy Spirit merely to speak in tongues. We get baptized mm-hmm. in the Holy Spirit to speak to lost people. And yeah. so this is, this is how this process works. So anything I do as a leader to expedite or cheapen the person's interaction with getting those promptings, wrestling with them and coming to the ability is, is, is uh, shortening their ability to hear afterwards what to do. So I'm going to do everything I can to facilitate a low-pressure high expectancy in, uh, environment. Um, I always play altar police and I have more than one occasion gone and tapped on people's shoulders that were well-meaning yet over caffeinated altar workers going, Hey, <laughs> you know, Hey, tone it down a little bit. We'll talk about it later. Don't get offended. We'll talk about it later, but, uh, um, but tone it down a little bit, you know, Hey, don't grab mm-hmm. them by the head in the Vulcan death grip, you know, this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, or, Hey, I need you over here and I escort them right out the side door and then lock it behind them. Um, <laughs> Because the, these seekers are choosing to make themselves vulnerable, right? And that is yeah, a right. stuff that can never be broken. And um, I don't want them to, to have any reason of having a a negative environment. There is no reason mm. why any anyone should have a negative environment in being baptized in the Spirit, right? It's so good. So, so good.
2: I love uh even when you were here a few weeks ago speaking, uh, you had mentioned just the the ability of of the difference that sometimes we get in Pentecostal circles, we we focus on the tongue more than we do the gifting of the Holy Spirit. And you use the analogy of 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 having a receipt and you know, buying a, a beautiful picture frame or buying this wonderful Kobe Bryant jersey, but go. hanging but <laughs> hanging the receipt that I bought it with up on the wall instead of the jersey itself. I thought that was just to talk to for us a little bit about that. Cause
0: that was, that's a metaphor. God gave me maybe 20 years ago. um, When our oldest son was just a little kid and he was going to buy a video game. And on the way out, they asked Mm -hmm. for the receipt. And I was like, Oh, there it is. Cause you know, teaching is all about metaphors. Yeah. And so I was like, Oh, that's exactly what people do. They go and they just get the receipt of speaking in tongues, the proof, but they never intend on or understand the actual gift that they've, they've received or the purchase wow. they've made so to speak and wow. so that's how you end up with rooms full of people who can speak in tongues but don't have a clue how to speak to their neighbor or how to follow the prompting of the spirit wow. how to hear wow. god for their kids or for their family or for the spouse they get that receipt. but they can speak in tongues so yeah. they can get to the spot where you sing the fifth key change of you know whatever this you know stairway to heaven or whatever the worship song is and then <laughs> and then they can burp their spiritual tupperware and let a couple syllables and tongues out <laughs> i must be okay because yeah. that's the yeah. way my culture and context modeled it for me. Wow, that we need wow. to change our culture and context to become more biblical, which I think we all want in every area of doctrine and practice. Right? Mm. So
2: good, so good.
0: We're uh, we're talking Holy Spirit and students
1: with Tim Enloe. For those of you that have just logged on recently, in the last couple minutes, um, we got a couple minutes left in the broadcast, and uh, we'd love to take some questions. Um, you know, from those of you that are that are out there asking questions. Here's one, uh, Tim, from uh, David Ritter. Um, David says, how do you answer people who say that people who talk in tongues are jerks and people who don't, and he gives some examples there, Stanley Chan are the ones that are actually leading
0: others to Christ. Well, I mean, I have to be careful because, um, remember baptism in the spirit is not the most important part of your Christian life. It's just not, um, salvation is. And Mm -hmm. so, but baptism in the spirit would be among this, doctrinally speaking, the second tier of important things, the discipleship tier for Christians. It's a component there. And among that, um, it, it is among the more important things uh, of that second tier. So, you know, I don't want to be misunderstood going, this is the most important thing. And If you don't speak in tongues, you're, you know, you're nothing. It's not that way at all. Um, speaking in tongues, uh, baptism in the spirit are a, a post Um, a post-salvation ministry anointing is what this is. So if you have no intention of ministering to people, stepping out, you don't need the baptism of the Spirit. In fact, please don't seek to receive it because receiving it brings you under judgment. God's given you much and you're not doing anything with it. Um, But uh, but the the reason why this, this factors into this question is that there are two main dimensions of the Holy Spirit's ministry. One is the uh, regenerating sanctifying purifying work and the other is the empowering work and folks like uh and who are our brothers um you know Charles Stanley and uh and and again I apologize for all the hairpiece comments earlier and then um also uh, Francis Chan <laughs> um and some of these other folks I I don't give much love and respect to um to haters like John MacArthur, brother in Christ. And I hope we live next door to each other in heaven, but, but, uh, he kind of goes overboard being, being mean at hominem and, and oh. uh, you know, for the sake of selling books is kind of gross. But, um, but people that seem to have a legitimate heart, like Francis Chan, good night. I mean, what a great guy, but yeah. um, why in the world would you want one or the other? Well, like, uh, from a Baptist yeah. point of view, um, they would say, well, Hey, bless God, you know, you guys have all the problems and all the power and, you know, uh, you've got all those kooky things, but we've got the character. Um, and so we're just going to ignore that. And then oftentimes the Pentecostals and Charismatics go, man, character, that's not fun. Let's have a sweaty mosh pit, you know, Sith Lord levitating bodies into the air. You know, <laughs> you know kind of um, let's do that. And then let's not have the character. Well, yeah. the Bible doesn't give us the excuse to do, make a choice like that. Paul no, says, no. in 1 Corinthians 14, 1, follow the way of love, character, and earnestly desire. We can't make a choice. It's both and. Both and and right. so we need to model both and. And for me to so, simply yeah. know one is more important or more valuable than the other is a qualitative statement. The Bible does not give me, as a follower of Jesus, one to a choice to make. It's yeah. both. It's both. Yeah, So that's good. so good.
1: So good. Let's take this question here, Reggie. I think uh, this is from one of, one of your friends. Uh, go ahead. You can set it up.
2: Yeah, it says, when the Holy Spirit walks into a room— and your youth kids are encountering him, what can we do as youth pastors to help the kids who are being ministered to understand what is going on if they haven't witnessed or experienced these things yet? And just probably give a little more context. I think uh, for me, especially as a youth pastor and thinking about this question too, we have the tendency, you know, we we, we emphasize the gifting of the Spirit and the Holy Spirit tongues. And when it doesn't happen maybe to a student or when they're not experiencing that, how do we, how do we navigate that?
0: Yeah, no, this is great. Fabulous question. Uh, great questions. So, you know, all you have to do is just be entry level, go, Hey, you know, like for me, if I'm leading a service and Ooh. some sort of manifestation of the spirit happens, even if I'm pretty sure, like I did this a little while ago at a minister's gathering, I'm pretty hundred percent sure everyone's there, but just in case right, I want to give people something, Hey, if, if the, you're new to this, I imagine most of you have been around this, but if you're new to this, what we just experienced is a mm-hmm. prophetic word it's talked about here in the bible um it's not weird and it it doesn't mean that um we now write it in the back of the bible you know it's different it just is designed to highlight something but our response now what god is looking for from us is this because everything the holy spirit does requires human response so and good. so tie this in hey so this just happened hey our response is maybe you don't understand it that's all right but um Maybe a good prayer response right now would be, Lord, would you open me up to having you know new encounters with you and in a you know deeper life with you, whatever it might be and wow. so just taking taking some time to personalize it so everyone interacts because yeah. very often uh we look for either a special glow in the dark leader or we look for <laughs> the person that 's being used as being some elevated status of you know, transcendental state or something like that. Yeah, and the rest yeah. of us are, but observers, but the Bible tells us, you know, even in public giftings, verbal giftings, um, that all of us have let the prophet speak by course two or three, and then let everyone else, um, discern through it. And mm-hmm. so we all have a role where there's always a human response. Yeah. So, you know, here, now let's do this. Like, like this sounds really dumb, but like Oral Roberts back in the 10th ministry days. He would do something really cool. He'd have a tent with 15,000 people and he'd be up on the platform praying for the sick, but he would always say, why don't, as I lay hands on this person, why don't you reach out and lay your hand on the seat back in front of you? And do you pray with me? We're all in this together. Let's wow. believe God, you know, and, and this is really the way the spiritually interactive community is to be. So, mm-hmm. um, to answer the question, simply give some information and context being considerate mm-hmm. of the new person that may not understand, which Paul says, in you know, first Corinthians 12, if an unbeliever comes in among you, 12, uh, 26 through 30, and they don't know what's happening and all you're doing is speaking in tongues and there's nothing else and no explanation, they're going to think right. you're crazy. Exactly. But if an unbeliever, verse 26, comes in and these things are done properly, prophetically, the secrets of their heart will be laid bare and they will fall down among you and say, surely God is here. I mean, wow. hello, that's the response we want, right? To so be sensitive to the new people, you know, Yeah, um, and give context to it. And, um, and, and also too, um, I found as a leader, like don't abdicate your leadership. You don't have to be a dictator, but when, when new things are happening, people want to know that it's not just anything goes. Yeah. So for example, if I am leading an altar service and something happens, um, uh, or let's yeah. just say a a prophecy or i don't know something yeah. happens. i will even if i'm the instruments are playing and there's no obvious leader i will immediately take the microphone and i will walk up to the center of the stage and just by presence let them know this is being led <laughs> and i will i probably i i don't ever i i have rarely and and choose to never um if possible uh correct someone publicly because that does all the wrong things uh, unless they're just a track record of uncorrectable and honestly i found if you have a person like that a taser gun works really well and (laughs) secretly it it looks pentecostal and nobody knows the difference Um, that's so good oh man you know just when to hit it it's it's amazing to it's it's much easier to put out a fire than to start one so you have to be very very cautious with correction um, and humiliation is not correction either. Um, shut up, sister. That's not of God. That that doesn't fly. Yeah. That's that's inexcusable as a leader. Um, mm. uh, that's that's uncaring, unchristlike. And so, plus it it stunts the spiritual growth and Stifles hunger and creates a culture of fear. You know. Mm. But um, but with all these things, trying to get people to a spot where they feel open enough to follow the prompting of the Holy Spirit, because that's what you're really looking for, right? Yeah. Want them to get the promptings to discern it's from the Lord and have enough discernment and, and spiritual empowering to act upon them. So those are the three things we're always looking for in those moments um, is, and I try to highlight that. Like sometimes if, if a gift happens, say um, like a little while ago, we we're in a, I was doing a, a spiritual gifts uh, a lab and a 13 year old girl had a word of knowledge. She thought, so she came up and whispered it in my ear cause she didn't want to say it in the microphone. Fine. And it was a beautiful, very specific one. Someone yeah. came forward, they were, God just wrecked the person. I had her involved in prayer. And then I brought her up. I know you're shy, whisper your answers in my ear, but how did you first sense this? And you know, how did you, and so I kind of walk everyone in the room through what she went through because they need to know this process that it's not just God downloading, you know, empirical data to me by notarizing Mm -hmm. FedEx. It's not a, it's not a
2: note he's going to pass. Yeah.
0: Yeah. This is licking your finger and seeing which way the wind is blowing and not relying on the five senses or my judgment, but relying on the word of God oh, and the, of the Holy Spirit and and allowing it to be very interactive in that way. That's what pulls the people that have questions in. It removes the mysticism. Um, mysticism is the wrong word because the moving of the spirit is mystical. The spookiness is maybe a better spookiness, word. Yeah. and right. lets everyone know, hey, we're all in the same place. We're all just trying to hear from God. And if someone makes a mistake, it's, hey, that happens because we, we make mistakes, you know? Yeah. yeah. So let me let me ask one more question, Tim, and we'll kind
1: of we'll kind of bring it bring it to a close here. Um, and um, but this is something I was thinking of, and as I was preparing for the conversation today. So you know, many have had their camps canceled or moved to a virtual setting for the summer. So talk to the youth pastors out there that are wanting to create opportunities for students to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and not going to have a camp this summer. They might not even be able to have youth services yet, right? But but they're hearing what you're saying. And they're saying, "Man, I need to make this a part of my ongoing discipleship process." Just speak
0: practically to it. What are maybe some ideas or suggestions that you would have for them? Yeah, sure. So, um, it's you know there are two contexts in which people receive spirit baptism in the Bible. One is in a group context, and the other is pretty much by yourself. Oh. So the Apostle Paul would just with Ananias there, but um, there are there are people that can receive in a group setting. And that is most often what is championed in our church services because, hey, we're giving up, and it's fine. But we need to not neglect the by yourself, as the old hymn says, all by myself. Um, we need to uh, – or that was uh, Celine Dion. But anyway um, – I was I was like, <laughs> wait yeah. a
1: second. I'm not, I'm yeah,
0: not sure said, that's a hymn, <laughs> but I, I – <laughs> Uh, okay. Or something, come to think of it. Uh, he'll- but um the yeah, so but being all by yourself is an okay way too. In fact, um mm-hmm. there are people that just by their personality and and uh and social walls they may have, which are not right or wrong, they just exist,
2: mm-hmm.
0: never go up there and with everyone and they get overstimulated and they're you know social anxiety. And you can spot those folks, and I always go to them and put my arm around them, you know, if they permit me and go, hey, listen, come here. No big deal. why don't you go find a dark, quiet corner in this room and pray where you 're really comfortable and have a time with Jesus? And yeah. nine times out of ten, they always come back having received yeah. baptism. Wow. I've sent people to Sunday school rooms, the parking lot in their car i've sent kids out of a camp auditorium with permission to you know go stand outside and lean against a tree, you know whatever. Um, and so it's no different. People can be baptized in the spirit, so uh, without having a big hot atmosphere another example of this so we do a, a Pentecost sunday video teaching this year we had like 80 churches use it and with the virus and everything it worked out really great for a lot of churches and then at the end of it i led about a 10 minute receiving time yeah. where i'm just kind of there's music playing and i'm just kind of praying in front of the camera you know lord you know just yeah. kind of encouraging and and it kind of sounds hokey but we had you know I think right at a thousand people baptized in the Holy spirit through that dumb wow. video. Wow. Um, one church had 20 people um, baptizing the Holy spirit uh, in, in that moment. And all 20 of them were long-term seekers that had been frustrated over the wow. year, having the high intensity atmosphere, which is not wrong. It's just different. People respond differently. So right. I encourage pastors and, and leaders teach on it, do a teaching zoom and then go, Hey, everyone shut your video off, but keep your audio on. Then, wow. Let's pray. Come on, pray with me. I know you listen and mm-hmm. I always tell people prayer always starts out with three or four minutes of awkward. Push through that. Open up, mm-hmm. relax, turn your voice up a decibel or two and, right, right, you know, right, throw right. your caution to the wind and just begin to draw near and you'll have all kinds of people being baptized in the Holy Spirit or give them an assignment, a five day, you know, create a five day thing or, you know, uh day one, we're going to learn how to welcome the Holy Spirit's presence, what that feels like. And day two, we're going to discover how to, how to find out what he's saying, you know, compared to his word and day three where, you know, and just kind of walk them through a process and, and um, you know, get creative with this, but lead them on the journey and um, and, and show them what to do with it afterwards. Yeah. So good. It.
1: So good. I love it. I, cause, cause I, I, I hate the thought that we um, are so boxed into the Holy spirit has to, or only can move according to, you know, the environments that we've created. Mm-hmm. Yeah. right. As opposed to opening up and saying, "Boy, there's a lot of different ways that the Holy Spirit ministers and moves." And I think we're all being reminded of that during this yeah. season, right? Because we've seen ministry take place in a lot of different methods, yeah, in a lot of different ways. Then, um, and they might be out of our comfort zone, and they might not fit into our skill set or our preferences yeah. per se. But yet,
0: we're still seeing the, the move of God, nonetheless. And uh, so,
1: this has been great, Tim. Thank you yeah, so much. Can I have
0: one one quick thing? I know please, you've got. To please say, do. I want to just dispel a myth real quick. Take thirty seconds biblically there is no such thing as anyone being gifted or having a gift to bapt to pray for other people to be baptized in the spirit mm-hmm. only jesus can baptize people in the spirit so wow. leader the responsibility is not on so you good. you just have yeah, to get man. them in the waters and uh, yeah. and the lord will help them but if you don't ever yeah. lead them into prayer and get over that initial hump of awkwardness um and mm. typically won't happen but years ago the lord spoke to me that if i would just get people to pray that Jesus would come and be Jesus and be the baptizer of the spirit. And it's true. He does. The pressure is not on you. You don't have to get some special gift. You don't need another chip on your motherboard. Just get your kids to pray.
1: And that's, that's such an encouraging word for, you know, any youth pastor or any Mm -hmm. church leader that's Mm -hmm. watching that says, man, I, I do, I do wrestle with the insecurity. I do feel unsure of maybe teaching on it or preaching on it, or I do feel uncertain and how to navigate that altar or prayer time. You know to just you know remove the pressure from yourself like you're saying your responsibility is to teach and to provide the opportunity Mm -hmm. jesus is the one who brings the spirit um and then also understanding theologically it's not just an event but but this is a lifelong process of growth that we're talking about here i think that's so helpful um, so okay. I, I think there's going to be a lot that will that will watch back and listen back and,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: really I don't know about you Reggie. There's some things that you Definitely. said that, t- things that Tim said that it's like boy I got to think about that I got to unpack that
2: for sure you know,
1: a little Definitely bit more. And um, I, I, this has been so good, so helpful, so balanced, Tim. Hey, real quick, um, I mentioned one of your books, Tim. Um, this has a great. I love the whole book, but I love the appendix too, where it just real simply breaks down how to receive the bachelors of the Holy Spirit. Um where where can people go uh to pick up a copy of this book and and then there's another one that that you wrote that has a couple chapters written by youth evangelists that really deal specifically uh yeah.
0: in the youth pastors helping students receive the baptism of the holy yeah. spirit. Laylean over here this is the book you're talking about helping others receive the gift. Um this book is um 13 different authors we put together a couple of years ago who are all really strong on spirit baptism mm. and two chapters specifically are geared towards youth ministry uh one by Al Griffin uh, and the other by uh, Nate Roos. Sorry, lost it, lost it there, <laughs> but really helpful. You can get all of our books on Amazon. You can also awesome. get them on our website. Also awesome. on our website, there's a bunch of free resources if you're interested. I'll, I'm always writing magazine articles and stuff, and uh, very frequently That's they're real. posted there in English and yeah. Swahili and Romulan and all kinds of other (laughs) languages there. So
1: especially the Romulan is great. Yeah. We're going to post that in the chat for you. uh, Enlo ministries.org. I think it is. And, um, you know, encourage you to, to connect with Tim, Uh, connect with him on his Instagram as well. It's uh, there uh, at Tim underscore Enlo. And uh, this has been great. Um, great. And uh, this will all go to our podcast here and our YouTube channel in the next couple of days. Uh, For those of you that are watching for the first time um, today, LTG Live, sponsored by LeadTheGeneration.com. That's the ministry that my wife and I run. Uh, We coach and train youth pastors and uh, we travel and speak full time and Mm -hmm. host some conferences and we do LTG Live every single week. Um, yeah. And we talk about issues that we believe are important to youth pastors because we want to resource you. We want to equip you. We want to inspire you. So we appreciate you uh, being a part of today's broadcast. If you haven't followed us, on uh, Facebook. yet? do that. It'll just help you stay connected with us and you'll know what's coming up on a week to week basis. Um, Tim, thank you so much uh, for being with us today. And uh, we appreciate you and your ministry. Um, Great to see you, Reggie. uh, Yeah. So good to see uh, you. Reggie, thank you for being my co-host today, filling in for Peter. Uh, he back with us next week. He'll probably be holding his baby next week. Yeah, many, we you know, guess he'll be like
2: Simba. There. You know, <laughs> get, the little, get the little thing across the yeah, floor.
1: Absolutely. And, um, hey, if you, uh, if you enjoy watching this or, or I should say listening to this on a podcast, go ahead and subscribe. I don't know about you, but I I typically only listen to the podcast that I subscribe Mm -hmm. to. And uh, we'd appreciate uh, you doing that as well as giving us uh, a little review as well. Kind of helps spread the word about what we're doing. And uh, so we're glad that you have joined us today. Again, Tim, Reggie, thanks for being with us today. For those of you that are on right now, God Mm -hmm. bless. We will see you next week. Thanks for joining us today.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of LTG Live. And a special thanks to those that give generously to our ministry. It's people like you that make what we do possible. If you enjoyed this episode, consider investing at leadthegeneration.com as well as subscribing, sharing online and tagging us at LTG Conference.